It was a great pleasure, I should say, to uh, welcome my guest to studio this morning, Dr. Edgar Gidua, uh, USIU International Relations, Diplomacy and Security Expert, Doc Doc Prof. <laughs> I guess either one works. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Welcome to Capital FM. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you for having me. Pleasure to have you. Um, here we say international relations, diplomacy, and security expert. I think you're going to have to tell us what all that means. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, basically, my my specialization is in peace and conflict, but the main, the major degree is international relations. International relations is basically how countries relate with one another, why they relate with one another, why they go into conflict, how do we solve them, that whole spectrum of information, that's what we deal with. Right. Yes. Okay. And and with that, obviously, there's a reason I invited you to the studio. Uh, as I was ruminating and observing the recent Climate Summit 2023, which I think is great that uh, Nairobi was the host city and Kenya was the host country. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, I, would, I would have guests coming in and out of the studio all around the climate, and I would always pose a question to them, which was, um, would we be would we be so concerned about food security and food availability and cost if this war, the illegal invasion of Russia into the Ukraine hadn't happened and many of them skirted around the issue and wanted to talk about green emissions, carbon free mm -hmm. uh, e-vehicles, etc., which I totally understand. They were yeah. not the right people for that conversation. I then I spoke to my news team and I said, this is what I want to talk about. Yeah. Can you find me the right person? Um, and here you are. Okay, <laughs> so so you. I, I would start <clears throat> off by saying, and uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just quote a couple of lines. Uh, on uh, Tuesday last week, uh, as you are probably familiar with uh, journalist Jayendi uh, Kisero, yeah. Uh, wrote an article um, regarding uh, the, the illegal Russian invasion of Ukraine and his, how it subjected millions of Africans to misery. Yeah. Um, now, it was an op-ed piece, uh, which means that uh, you can agree with it or not. Exactly. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of really captivating uh, content within that article. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be re referencing that as we go through this conversation. But I think let's just start a little <clears throat> bit with, um, um, you know, Discussing the impact of the Russia-Ukraine war on Africa, yeah. uh, particularly in relation to the high cost of food and Africa's yeah. progress towards achieving, obviously, our SDGs. Exactly. Now, I know that's a that's a big yeah. uh, question. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk a little bit about the impact of the Russia-Ukraine war on Africa mm -hmm. and what what has happened yeah. geopolitically, yeah. economically, yeah. Uh, in terms of, of availability of, of what, what we call basic necessities yeah. since that invasion, okay. uh, the, the illegal invasion of Russia into the Ukraine. Okay. What is happening in Africa around that? And first and foremost, um, I would probably ask you to to maybe just give me your thoughts on that particular conflict. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's uh, that's a big ask. Uh, there are lots of things to say, but I'll try and just uh, systematically go down. Uh, the Russia Russia's invasion of Ukraine has had a big impact on Africa on very many fronts. Remember, this invasion happens in 2022 when Africa and the rest of the world are just trying to recover from the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. So the COVID-19 pandemic sets the stage for just global crises of magnitude. From all, on all, I mean, the pandemic just messed up the world economy on many fronts, and I'm sure you, you rightly know that, including food security. So Russia's invasion of Ukraine comes at a point when the world is trying to just recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. And unfortunately enough, the world gets caught, and Africa included, gets caught in this crossfire of a conflict between two of the world's biggest producers of the staple cereals. We're talking about maize, we're talking about wheat, we're talking about barley, we're talking about um, vegetable oils, we're talking about fuel. Mm. 
Russia is one of the world's biggest producers of fuel and then natural gas. We're talking about lack of fertilizer. So if you look at that conflict from that perspective, uh, through the lens of uh, specifically, let's say, just say food security, not only Africa, but the world, and especially people like the Middle East, culturally have come to discover that Arab culture, bread is a staple food. I have some uh, Sudanese and South Sudanese friends, and I see whenever I visited them, the way Kenyans would have rice, would have ugali, they always have bread on the table. So you can imagine the impact of in the Middle East and northern parts of Africa when they rely on wheat, which makes their bread and you know rye and all that, and then they cannot get this because Russia and Ukraine are fighting. Mm. So there's been a huge impact from the food security perspective. If we look at the fuel, that goes without saying. The, the, the pressure it has put on global fuel prices, that invasion, because um, in as much as the world is trying to contain this, the sanctions on Russia also, the sanctions on Russia exporting its products also have hurt global, the global economy. But so this, this conflict can be looked at and can be broken down in so many dimensions. But the biggest impact, like you rightly said, is the food mm, aspect. Mm. Food is going to continue being one big thing until um, they, they had resumed food exports from Ukraine. Yeah, under, yeah. under the Black Sea Initiative, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. and, and And again, these were supposed to be safe, uh, a safe route for these. Uh, I mean, obviously, there was still going to be, a, I would imagine, a cost element. It was still going to be slightly definitely, inflated yeah, because definitely, it's still yeah. a conflict. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then Russia, having agreed to the Black Sea Initiative, yeah, yeah. immediately, almost, within, yeah. it was a matter of two months, mm. decided that, no, these ships are not going to go out. Again, we have another problem. Yeah, we have another problem. And, and you know what happened? And, I'm, and it, I'd have to put it this way. Let me call it bluntly. Uh, analysts out there and people say that Russia is playing hardball, playing hardball simply because the West put too many sanctions on them. So I think Russians are very good chess players. So they decided, you know what? We control global food prices. We have leverage. And so we are going to weaponize this whole thing. Mm. So the Russian Ministry of Defense some months back said, anybody who tries to come and pick grain from Ukraine through the Black Sea will consider that ship as a military ship, meaning rules of war are going to apply. So in this sense, everybody shied off from going there. People are afraid because, I mean, Russia is a big power. It's, it's a nuclear power. Mm. So in from my view, I think Russia is weaponizing now this. It has discovered the world is vulnerable and it's trying to tell the world, look here, we are going to allow this Black Sea Initiative to export grains. We'll bring it back on the table if the West relaxes sanctions put on Russia. Mm. So this is the chess game you're that, talking that about. That is the chess game. Allow us to export our goods allow us to export our things allow us to export our things and we are going to allow food to go to the rest of the world right. if you don't so scratch my back i scratch yours so we have that situation where russia's now is playing hardball and playing hard politics yeah, yeah. L l let's talk a little bit about russia and africa and, yes. and i think it's important to note we, yeah. we know that russia's investment in africa has been relatively minimal yeah but all of a sudden exactly. you know right after this uh, invasion of the ukraine yeah, yeah. um and, and i i would you know if i'm looking at it from a layman's perspective i yeah. think you're more more primed to answer this question yeah i would say putin is probably looking for friends there you go right uh and where do you go to look for friends you go for the people that need your friendship the most impoverished countries there you if go. you look at the countries he's, he's coming to in africa yeah, yeah. all of a sudden there's a charm offensive by putin yeah. in africa yeah but 
you know, we can go back decades, previous presidents of Russia, yeah. the investment into Africa from the Russian Federation mm. and and formerly USSR yeah. has been absolutely categorically minimal. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's, oh, now we have an interest in Africa for ABCD reasons. Yeah. This is clearly, uh, you know, I mean, unscrupulous activity for lack of a better term. I get you. Yeah, thanks for putting it that way. Uh, now you've entered into the geopolitical frame of things. Number one, Russia's interest in Africa is on many fronts. But the first and most important thing they're looking for is Africa's friendship. And why do they want Africa's friendship? Africa has 55 votes at the UN. So you want to get this voting block, or at least a majority of this voting block, to help you with your agenda at the United Nations. You may be a veto power, and Russia is a veto power at the United Nations Security Council, meaning they, they can override and, you know, and, and block... Um, resolutions that are against them. But it does not hurt to have extra friends making noise outside there and standing with you in solidarity. Mm. And like you rightly put it, Africa is a vulnerable front for that. So come to Africa, have the Russia-Africa summit, tell African leaders this, or tell Africa, this is what I'm willing to do for you, this is how I'm willing to support you, all these kinds of things. And, and unfortunately, uh, if you want me to act spiritual, the Bible says, uh, the borrower is a servant to the lender. Oh, and and I mean that. Forget spiritual. That's just how the world works. That's how the you world works. Exactly. From the bank. Exactly. Yeah. Will, yeah. <laughs> the bank owns you for that period. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So now, Africa is vulnerable. Africa needs aid. Africa needs support, economic support. Africa needs um, arms and weapons which Russia can procure and supply in large supply. Africa needs a big brother who can protect it from you know all these westernized ideals that probably sometimes it doesn't adhere to or doesn't mm. align to. Mm. So, yeah, there are similarities, right? Anti-homosexuality laws. Let's just use that one for exactly, example. Exactly. There are the similarities. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you find Russia very cleverly is this individual who walks around and realizes, I have a window of opportunity here to exploit. I can go into Africa, offer this, offer this on one hand and require this from the other hand. For example, Africa support on many initiatives many sanctions against Russia. Because now, in the West uh, uh, places sanctions on Russia, where does Russia export its goods? It needs markets for its goods. So if it is in good terms with African governments, it is going to come and export its goods to Africa. Mm -hmm. So Africa will willingly, may not have the purchasing power that the West would have, but at least a soft landing for Russia's goods. And, and, then, and the 55 votes they need at the UN. Exactly. Yeah. Which, which to me sounds more like the marriage of convenience that exactly. they're after. And that's how the world works. In international relations, we say they're not permanent enemies or friends, permanent interests. So it's about geopolitics and interests and what can you offer me? What mm. can I give you in return? Mm. I'll give you soft loans. I'll give you Subsidized migraine. Grade. Exactly. I'll give you fertilizer. Remember, Russia is one of the world's biggest yeah. producers of fertilizer. And fertilizer is key to food security globally. Right. Latin America, Africa, you name it. Russia is one of the biggest so, producers so, of fertilizer. So can I ask a question here, Prof? Then we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the um, the uh, Russia-Africa summit in St. Petersburg, yeah. um, 17 African heads of state were present for that summit. Yeah. Um, that's that's 17 out of 55, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, are we, as, an, as a continent, so desperate for some sort of handout? And I, I'm using this, please, yeah, yeah. being the devil's advocate here, you, yeah, yeah. that we would fall into the trap of what 
because we, we can look at Russia holistically yeah, yeah. if you put yourself out and look at the world. Exactly. The invasion of Ukraine was absolutely illegal. I get you. Uh, what's happening right now with the Black Sea Initiative is absolutely illegal after exactly. agreeing. Exactly. We know Putin's uh, agenda is not uh, a pure agenda for global peace and global community. Yeah. Are we that desperate as a continent, these 17 leaders, plus, 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 the ones yeah, that yeah. didn't make it, yeah. to, to actually entertain uh, dialogue and then possibly friendship with Russia and, and the Russian Federation. Yeah, thanks for your question. You know, unfortunately, like you said, in the real world, countries act in their own self-interest. Ultimately, all countries, all nations in the world, all states in the world act in their best interest. That means there are other leaders in Africa who would have wanted to attend the Russian-Africa summit. But because of what they want to get from the West, or the stranglehold the West has over them, they decided to play safe politics. So they avoided. But secretly, I may not have proof of this, but I, that's what any prudent nation would do. But secretly, tell the Russians, look here, we may not come to the summit publicly for optics, but we are together. When you want my vote, I'll give it to you. That could have happened. The 17 brave African presidents who went. I do not want to say they were extremely desperate. They were simply looking out for their own interests. They felt there's something Russia could offer them. They felt they needed some of that debt relief that Russia was going to was offering out there. And they said, you know what? If the West, if the IMF, if the World Bank have been so hard on us and Russia is offering to help me out in my dark uh, situation, why don't I go? So the key thing here is to look at it. We, we say in international relations that countries are rational actors. Rational actors means they do a cost-benefit analysis mm. of any decision they make. Mm. And then they decide... We are, even if there are consequences, but this is the best option that we have, let us take it. But surely it, it could be a case of too good to be true. Like yeah, we said, course, as yeah. we started this conversation, yeah, yeah. Vladimir Putin and the Russian Federation are desperate for friends. It's true. Because they have, they're have they isolated right now. Exactly. If you look at recent news, where was who was the, the uh, uh, most recent visitor to Russia? It was Kim Jong-un of yeah, North Korea, right? There you go, yeah. So, so that's a hermit nation. Mm. Russia is fast way uh, on a fast track to becoming a hermit nation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so surely this could be a case of too good to be true for Africa. It is, but it is. But one thing I think, uh, if you allow me to just, uh, what what I've noticed about the Eastern and Asian nations, their way of geopolitically dealing with people is very different. It's a different mindset. The West kind of wants to put in their morals, uh, bring in their morals, they bring in democracy, bring in all these human rights issues, and I have nothing right. I have nothing wrong. I have nothing against human rights. Advocation, advocating for that. But the East kind of just want to deal with you on your own terms. And I think that is what makes the East, Russia, China, very attractive countries to deal with. Because they will give you aid without conditionalities. Now, whether that is good or bad is a discussion for another day. But what African leaders are looking for is can we have this person who's going to help us out without putting too many terms and conditions mm. on the aid they're giving us? Mm. That is the bait that Putin is dangling on Africa. I will come help you with your security. I'll come help you with yours. I will not dig too deep about your human rights records on your democratic elections. I will not ask you all these tough questions that the West keeps on asking. So we say that's a discussion for another day. So what African leaders are doing and what Africa is trying to do is that Africa has woken up and realized that it wants a seat at the table. It wants allies at the table where these decisions are being made. And unfortunately, and I'm saying this on live radio, is that the West to an extent has handed Africa a road deal.
That's why you're hearing all these African presidents all of a sudden stand waking up and saying Africa needs to be noticed. Africa needs a seat at the table. We do not want deals to be made behind our backs and then we are told this is a decision. We want to be part of the decision-making process. So what Africa is also looking for is a big partner who is already at the sitting table, who is also going to amplify our voice or who is going to keep on saying, yeah, bring in Africa. I don't know that you've been following debates out there about the clamor for Africa to be given, the African Union to be given a seat at the Security Council, all right, where all the big decisions are made. So who are the Security Council? The permanent five members are Britain, we have France, we have Russia, China, and the US. If Africa can align itself with China and with Russia, these two can plead Africa's case and say, you know what, I think let's expand this membership, mm, mm. let Africa Union have a seat. But but I think, you know, we have to go back to the discussion of if it wasn't for the war in the Ukraine, yeah, yeah. Uh, Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, yeah. we would not be struggling the way we're struggling because we have to look at that as the basis of this conversation. It is true. We can say what we want because yeah. there's always going to be an opinion about, you know, how our, our relations with the US and, yeah, yeah, and, and the yeah, West are, yeah, which yeah. is fine. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has an opinion about exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. We know our current president yeah, yeah. is there right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. trying to bring in Western investment into the US. But we have to talk about the fact that, A, there is not... in Historically, there hasn't been much trade between Russia and Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's an interest for obvious reasons. Ex exactly. And B, the struggle for food costs, the food availability, and, and we, we are in a... We, we're heading towards a recession globally. It's true. And the cost of food has gone up because of this war in the Ukraine. Exactly. We have to discuss the, the, the absolute impact of that on Africa. People it, are starving it is true. because of this war. No, you're right. I agree with you 100%. Um, and not only on Africa, the WFP, the World Food Program, most of its food aid, the aid that it gives to African countries, comes from Ukraine and Russia. Right. We didn't even know that. Exactly. So now, what you're talking about, the food security, you're not only endangering countries that can buy for themselves, you're also endangering the WFP, the World Food Program, that buys to distribute to the people who do not have... The most vulnerable. The most vulnerable, the, you know, the poor of the poor. So there is that impact. We can't walk away from it. The Russian-Ukraine conflict exacerbated and amplified, made worse the food security situation, not only in Africa, but the world over. Yeah. So coming down to Russia-African relations... I am sure one of the biggest things that Russia is looking at is how can it now take this bigger role in trying to supply Africa with the much necessary needed food. But we cannot fall mm. <laughs> for what the crux of the problem being. You can't. Okay, so for example, I can't cause the problem yeah. and then offer the solution. Unfortunately. But, I, I, but that's what <laughs> Russia is trying to do. I hear you. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, now in world politics, unfortunately, Russia knows Africa is starving. All right. So we're vulnerable now. We are vulnerable. And then two, vulnerable people cannot hold high morals, cannot argue about who is taking advantage of them or not. So long as you're putting the food on the table, they will eat fast and then think about their morality. Yeah, we're going to take a break. On that. That's a great That's a great way to take a break. <laughs> okay. uh, we, it, this will obviously have a direct impact on our SDGs. Definitely. Uh, as, as Africa, as Kenya, as yeah. uh, globally. Yeah. Uh, we're going to come back and talk about that as well. Yeah. We do have a couple of other ones. We did talk about the Black Sea Grain Initiative, yeah. which is obviously still up in the air. Yeah, we, Russia we, saying that lift the sanctions, the ships can come and, exactly. and, come and go as they please, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, and of course, uh, as we uh, wind up this conversation, we will be talking about uh, goal two of the SDGs, uh, serving as a foundation. How has the combination of 
the Russia-Ukraine war, increased food costs and limited Russian investment impacted the continent's ability to make progress towards these goals, especially when we consider the vast difference in support given to the Ukraine. We're going to come back and discuss that, Professor. All right. You, this is mind-blowing, and I, I'm very honored to have you here with us think, this morning. As we continue our discussion this morning uh, uh, with the incredible and uh, highly intellectual <laughs> Professor Gidua, uh, again, welcome to Capital FM, Prof. Thank uh, you. And uh, as we continue, let's talk a little about the SDGs. Now, we know that, uh, you know, okay, we had Vision 2030, which I think we can all agree yeah. we're probably going to miss the mark by a couple of years, <laughs> possibly a decade. Uh, but of course, the SDGs uh, is a part of SDGs. The SDGs, Africa is probably the most important continent when it comes to the SDGs. Yeah. Um, the war in Ukraine, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the conflict between Russia and Ukraine is going to uh, directly impact us achieving these SDGs. Can you, can you shed some light on yeah, that? Yeah, it's true. The, the, the second SDG is zero hunger. World over, global over. But more specifically for Africa, because food security in Africa has been something that has been big for very many years. So the Russian-Ukraine war has a direct impact on us achieving zero hunger. Because, like we rightly said at the beginning, we can't access fertilizers, all right? Or because they're in in short supply, we have issues uh, trying to just get our normal quota of imports from Russia and Ukraine. So in terms of that, my solution and my suggestion is, for me, Africa needs to wake up and smell the coffee because our dependence our lack of food security, our lack of internal initiatives in providing for ourselves and growing our own food is what has put us in this vulnerable position. Am I saying Africans have not done enough? Africa has tried to do its best. African governments are now waking up and realizing we can be vulnerable. Mm. If you can't feed your nation, you have a revolution on your hands. But, but you know, transforming, if you look at Zimbabwe in the 70s and 80s, it was yeah. supposed to be Africa's breadbasket. And they were. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Zambia has, you know, enough land, uh, non-developed land, agricultural land, and rich soil uh, to become, it's that area, the Southern yeah, yeah, African area. Exactly. You know, for that to happen, you, you, it's not going to, you can't plant today and then reap the it's rewards true. tomorrow. It's true. So, in the in the interim, because yeah. our president has has come out to say it a number of times that yeah, we yeah. have to become self sufficient. Exactly, our dependence on. I mean, I would go as far as to say that possibly, yeah, Vladimir Putin yeah. and the Russian Federation knew exactly what they were doing. Exactly, uh, and exactly what impact it would have globally. Correct. when they invaded Ukraine. Oh, correct. They knew exactly that. So because they've got us like this, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They may not have seen the magnitude and the extent to which. Yeah, it would have this global impact. Of course, now they'll tell you the reasons why they invaded was because you know uh, Ukraine wanted to join NATO, you know, and all that, bringing in the West closer to them. They didn't want that security umbrella around their their corner. But like I told you, Russians are chess players. They are deep thinkers. They knew at some point this crisis would put them at a place where they would call the shots and be able to drive their agenda. Now the food crisis coming quickly and fast after the COVID-19 pandemic put Africa at a much more vulnerable position. So here we are, and you're asking me for solutions. I'll take you back to Malawi. Some years ago, they had a president called uh, Bingua Mutharika. Mm, I met him actually. Ah, <laughs> Many years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, president Mutharika turned Malawi from a deficient uh, country in terms of food security to a net exporter of grains. 
Right. I have not checked what they're doing currently. But I remember everybody talking about Malawi as being a, a success case. So Malawi proved to Africa that if you have the right initiatives, you can actually become food mm. secure. Mm. And then I am not saying we will not still be caught up in this crossfire when geo global geopolitics take, takes place. All right? But at least you'll find you have reserves. You have an alternative. We would not have been in this position if probably Africa had its own you know, food reserves. We would have still felt the impact because fuel, fertilizer still mm. comes from that mm. area of the world. Mm. But at least we would have been a bit uh, prepared. We would have had better shock absorbers. Sure. Yeah, we would have had better shock absorbers. You mentioned SDG2, which is obviously... Uh, the, the zero hunger. Yeah. Zero hunger. Yeah. Um, if you look at the, the food reserves in Ukraine that are destroyed, the ships that have been coming out of Ukraine during, that were supposed to be on the path of the Black Sea Initiative also being destroyed. Exactly. Uh, and Putin offering whatever he's offering to Africa. It pales in comparison to what has already been destroyed, though, right? Exactly. And and, and I, I do understand your point about becoming self-sufficient. But yeah. again, this is... This is Malawi is a great uh, use case or yeah, case yeah, study, yeah. but this is a process. This is not going to happen overnight, as I said. Yeah. So in the meantime, with the amount of food that has been destroyed in Ukraine on its way out of Ukraine yeah. versus what Putin is offering to Africa, yeah. I mean, the, the scale isn't even. It's not even. And then uh, there's something else I also want to bring up. There have been rumors, or rather the Ukrainians are out on record saying that the Russians, in some of the areas the Russians captured, they found grain reserves and guess what? They did not destroy them. They took the grain and went and sold it in the world market. All right. So what does that do? That means Russia is enriching itself using Ukraine's grain. Mm. There are those rumors out there. There are those you know, reports out there. So Russia knows food is a big commodity. I mean, it's one of the basic necessities for human life. Talk about shelter, you know, other than breathing, the next thing you need to do is eat. Yeah. So if Russia took, is if Russia is taking Ukraine's grains and selling either on the black market or purporting that it's selling it and passing it off as its own, mm. there's another problem right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, meaning that now Russia is now, in this war, it's taking advantage not only of, um, it's taking advantage of Ukraine's grain reserves, but it's also taking advantage of the vulnerability of the world because, trust me, like I keep saying, if you offer a hungry man food, he will eat first and ask you later, where did you get the food from? Right. He will not care whether you stole it or not. So... In a catch yeah, you are. Uh, oh, whether whether that grain belonged to Ukraine or not, he doesn't cares. care. Yeah, nobody yeah. cares. Yeah, countries in the Middle East will not want those food prices to pass a certain mark because those are revolutions on their hands. Absolutely, and and, and that's the, where the problem starts yeah, now. Exactly. So, and, but that's the impact I'm talking about. Exactly. We're looking at it as initially it's happening over there. It's not our problem. Exactly. That was the first thought, right? Yeah, yeah. Russia's invaded Ukraine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they'll figure go. it out, right? Yeah, There's always yeah. been there was Crimea, all of those things, yeah, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's like, wait, we can't get grain. So now what are we going to do? There now everyone's go. talking about becoming self-sufficient. The next thing that's going to happen is the revolutions, as you've just mentioned. And that's where we are going. And, and uh, once people can't eat, what happens? Once the natives get restless, they are going to go in kingdoms the fall down. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the whole point. And, th and that is the, 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 the global impact of that invasion of Ukraine is, is actually mind-blowing. And I honestly think we're only touching the surface of it it's right true. now. Actually... What you're going to ask, what you're going, what you're talking about is you're going to have that global revolution. It's a domino effect. Yeah, a global revolution in countries that cannot feed themselves, in countries that relied on these grains, in countries that do not have alternatives. Literally, masses. A hungry man is an angry man. That's what the saying goes. So we're going to have all these people, and especially cultures and societies that rely on bread as a staple food. Mm -hmm. On cereals and places, and these, and and sorry, just just ironically, these yeah. are places situated in the desert where agriculture is not a thing. There you go. So, 
they'll be like they'll be, wake up and ask their presidents and their kings where is my bread yeah how come i'm not eating uh, how my come children I'm not eating? are starving yeah. hey i voted for you in power you're in power you you ate last night i did not eat yeah and then you have these revolutions and counter revolutions yeah. do you think that's where we're headed prof because of this war there is a huge possibility that if this food crisis is not managed well and by managed well i'm talking about number one turkey had offered to mediate and has been mediating between russia and ukraine about opening up the black sea initiative mm. we need those grains to come out at the interim but that's a short gap measure that's a short-term measure the bigger thing is get countries in the world especially in areas that have good soils like africa to become food sufficient absolutely otherwise we are going to get caught up so the initiative like we have in kenya of building 100 dams getting over three million acres under acreage under under irrigation those are good initiatives we we do not want to find Kenya caught at the crossroads of all this geopolitical crossfire, which will continue happening because that is just world politics. And and the other issue is if if African nations, we know 17 of those leaders went uh, to the Russia-Africa summit. Yeah. We know more probably <clears throat> wanted to go. We know that there was the rumors of uh, Russia being in Sudan, all these things. Exactly. Once we're aligned with the Russian Federation, exactly. what happens to our future as a country? Because exactly. as you said, you can look at Kenya or not Kenya, you can look at African countries as that hungry man. We want yeah. to eat first. Exactly. Then we'll ask questions later. Exactly. And that will be where the problem lies. Prof, one last question for you. Yeah. Um, are there any geopolitical considerations or strategies African nations should explore to mitigate the effects of such disruptions on our food security? I know you've talked about yeah. becoming self-sufficient, but yeah. geopolitically, is there yeah. anything we can consider? So geopolitically, the other thing Africa should start doing is trying to find out who else out there, men who may not meet the actual tonnage that Ukraine and Russia provide, but can be an alternative source. For example, do we have big countries like Brazil in South America? Do we have other big grain producers who we can start looking forward to and forging and building relationships with so that we have an alternative route? I mean, in life, you need to have, like they say, don't walk into a situation where you do not know how you'll walk out of. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So now that we've discovered that this can happen, we can be caught where we're most vulnerable. Do we have other partners out there? And I think for African governments, on an individual and as a continent, we need to accelerate. Um, for example, in Africa, if, if, if they would listen to me, I would be like, countries in Africa that have good arable land, the African Development Bank, pump loans. The, the, F, the AFDB president uh, is called Dr. Deshina. Mm -hmm. Had talked about, why can't we give African countries loans to just, you know, mitigate against food, uh, to put into food security? grow your farms expand this arable land we have so much wasted land in africa that could go towards growing food so africa for me two things find new friends find new friends who have the food you're looking yes. for but also know they can turn against you or get invaded by somebody else also yes. or go into their own crisis okay get your own food okay grow your own short term food. long term do short term get alternative friends long term medium to long term yeah medium to long term start growing yeah your own start food. growing your own food Start growing your own food, build your own fertilizer uh, companies, manufacture your own, make food business. People don't know how much money is in food. Absolutely. Make food business. I mean, in Nairobi, if I was to ask you, if we go down the streets, every 10, 100 pieces, you'll find fish and chips. Yeah. Yeah. Why? People have to eat. So food is big business. African governments just need to be food secure. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, because geo and global politics will always take place. If it's not Russia invading Ukraine, it will be somebody else doing something to somebody else who also grows something else that we also mm. need to eat. Mm. 
someone else is going to do something to Brazil who are among the world's biggest <laughs> producers of sugar. Almost 70 will take Lake Victoria for us. You know, anything can happen, right? <laughs> we pray not. We pray. We, we hope we hope we've dealt with the Megingo in Shia. I think there was a threat some years back. All right, Prof, listen, we got we got to go we got to end it there, but listen, thank you so much. Thank you. Truthfully, always. what a pleasure to meet you. This thank is the first you, time we're you. meeting and I feel like we've been friends for years. No, don't worry. Thank you. Thank you so you, much for having you, me. Off air, Professor uh, Edgar Gadua has told me he's going to force me to get a degree in international relations. Oh, correct. You need you need yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, correct. Thank correct. you so much. Thank you so much. Capital FM.